You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Well, it's not Richard Franzi today. He's out sick. I'm telling you, everybody's out sick today. Crystal, the producer, is out sick. And uh, Rick, the host, is out sick. I guess I'm the only one not sick. But uh, you're not sick either for listening today because we got some great stuff for you here. Again, as you know, you're listening to Critical Mass, the radio show. Uh, and the whole purpose of this show is for us to interview small to mid-sized uh, business owners and to learn from them to find out what they're doing that you can apply to your business or maybe that's just the same problems and they've got a they're having the same issues you are but whatever it is we try and learn from the experiences of others so today we have uh, someone that i really am very confident we're going to learn a lot from uh we have lynn taylor president of taylor protocol with us hey lynn how are you I'm great, Paul. Thanks very much. It's a pleasure to be here. And where are you at? Where am I calling you at here? I'm in uh, Seattle, Washington. Okay. And is that where your company's headquartered, or are you just up there today? No, I'm I'm here in Seattle. Where our headquarters in the Tuckville area, which is uh, near the SeaTac Airport. Okay. So nobody's sick right up there. Guy. Only down here in Southern California are we all sick here today, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'll stay up here for a while. Oh, yeah, don't come down. We're going to invite you to come down, but don't come down this week here. Everybody seems to have the flu or something here. Well, tell us about your company here, and then we'll go into hearing the stories and ideas that uh, we can learn from you here today. Tell us about Taylor Protocol. Okay, well, great. I appreciate that. And uh, Taylor Protocols has been in business for about 25 years. And uh, we put every person in the right seat doing the right work, and we do it using a revolutionary new um, human assessment called the Core Values Index that measures uh, what um, Abraham Maslow called the innate, unchanging nature of a person for the first time. Uh, It uh, takes less than 10 minutes to take, and uh, we've applied uh, technology to that that I use to solve Problems like developing uh, the world's first uh, cardiac uh, output computer, uh, non-invasive cardiac output computer, back in the uh, late 80s. And what the heck? Uh, now i got to stop you. you. You've said about five things here that I just want to jump in, yeah. but that one made me stop here. What's a cardiac output computer? Well, it was uh, cardiology ultrasound was young in the, in the 83, 84 era, and um, I developed a, um, an algorithm that would track the edges of the heart uh, chamber, the left ventricle, uh, through a full cardiac cycle. And then uh, a bunch of um, uh, scientists uh, learned how to compute volume from that. So we, without invading the body with either chemicals or uh, uh, surgical or with uh, a needle or something, a catheter, right? We were able to compute how healthy uh, the heart was as a pump and determined uh, uh, open heart surgery or not. Amazing. And, uh, so that was my first real business innovation. Now what I do is look at a set of core value index scores of people doing the same job in the same company. And uh, by uh, rating those people as uh, top performers, uh, A, B, C, D performers, uh, the algorithm uh, sees that the A players have a different core value nature than the, the B, C, and the D performers. Really? It's not just because they're smarter or more experienced or whatever. They have a different core value? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, it's, it's a, actually a set of different uh, energies, four different core value energies that comprise up the human um, 
uh, seat of consciousness that Maslow talked about. Right. And by doing this, we cause uh, uh, companies to consistently hire only future top performers and uh, to defeat the Wilfredo Prater principle of 20% of the people do 80% of the value. We yeah, right. cause, cause you to be able to double and triple the number of A and B players and, and dramatically increase productivity by doing that. Amazing. Now, how long have you been doing this and how did you come to this from heart from well, I, heart uh, non-invasive heart uh, monitors here <laughs> i see the i get i get it but maybe others don't you know it's yeah. <laughs> no actually i don't i don't see the connection right it's it's a, a pattern recognition pattern matching algorithm that determines the uh, pattern of um of things you're looking for in this case we're looking for different kinds of core value energies that exist in a players that don't exist in the in the c and d performers so, uh, how did you come to this? How, how did you? How did you? Did you create this protocol yourself? Did you discover it? Did you hire smart people to work on it and labor away at night? Are you? Are you um, uh, Thomas Alva Edison who just hired a team of people, or did you sit and figure this out? Well, I, I created the core value index. It's it's a forced choice, uh, ten minute assessment. It's really. Uh, uh, very simple to take, but it gets this uh, highest repeat score reliability in history wow. of any human assessment. And uh, the way I came to it, uh, Paul, is is I started out doing turnaround management about 25 years ago. I was was the um, CEO of eight to 12 companies at the same time, hired to come in and turn around those companies. Wow, wow. And, so you'd uh, come in and do it for multiple. You didn't just focus on one. You did a whole bunch of them all at once there. Yes. Yeah, I and, wow. I and uh, a set of consultants and a, and a, a financial team, yeah. partner. I was the human guy, as I used, uh, used to say, uh, you know, business is easy if it weren't for people. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, um, Those pesky people get in the way. And I learned that, that I was not very good at hiring right people or moving people from one job to the next. That, that uh, Gallup says that, that uh, only about 24% of all the people are, are really engaged in their work. Yes, and that means, uh, interestingly, about seventy-six percent of the people are not engaged in their work. Kind of frightening. Which is kind of like the Wilfredo Pareto principle of the eighty-twenty. And uh, I started seeing companies come back to me three or four years later with the same problem they had when I started with them, and I had helped them hire uh, supposedly new top performers for their company, and and I was disappointed in in almost everybody I helped them hire. I thought I was the only one lousy at hiring people. So you think there are other people out there? You're, you're admitting to be one of them, too, that just we, we struggle to find the right people? Why is that? What is it, our, is it something missing in our instinct, in our training? Are we just not trained no, to look for the right a, things? Or you're saying it's something deeper here? It's actually a, a wonderful gift that we have. The, the human uh, uh, infant is more dependent for a longer period of time than any other creature on the planet. Hmm, on their mother or whatever, someone to take care of them, you mean. Yeah, yeah which which means that we, we are totally dependent on others, which means that we have to be better at adapting uh, to our, um, you know, the, uh, people on whom we're dependent than any other creature, which means we're better at uh, pretending to be things that we're not in order to get what we want than <laughs> ah, anybody else. Ah, That's see. why the most common statement made in, in human resources, what happened to the person who was in the interview? Yeah, that's right. Or what happened to the person I married, as my wife says, yeah, or others. Well, that's yeah. a different... <laughs> you can have that one yourself. Okay, all right. <laughs> but it's true. So, we, uh, we think we see somebody, and we're so excited, and then they come in, and they're not exactly... We thought, oh, we just got fooled again here. 
Well, and they, they really, uh, you know, try to sell themselves, and, and they really believe that they can do those things. You know, the, the mantra back in the 80s and 90s was that anybody can do anything you want if you just set your mind to it. Yes, right. The only reason you're not a millionaire is because you don't care about it, you don't believe it enough, you're right. lazy. Right, And And uh, all of that is pretty much nonsense. The reality is that we, we have two things that are unique. We have uh, our human innate nature that Maslow talked about, this the unique uh, balance of four human core value ener- energies. Mm-hmm. That makes our seat of, of consciousness, the, our, our awareness of who we are as a person. And then it's our, our physical self with our skills, talents, and capabilities. And what we teach people is that um, you need to learn who you are and be an authentic presence of that energy. and. And then you need to optimize your talents so those energies can be expressed through the work of the job so you can make your highest and best contribution as long as you're here. And when we put people in the right seat where that all comes together, those people produce three to four, sometimes five times as much as people who don't have the right core value energy in that in that job. Amazing. All right, we're going to take a quick break to thank a few sponsors here, and then I want to dive into this. Uh, I want to I want to understand Maslow better and see if I remember it from my college days. Here, I want to understand your core values and how you interpret that, and uh, how you're taking this idea that we've all heard from Jim Collins: get the right people on the right bus and the right seat, and turning it into a, a, a protocol that people, a principle, a, a, a test that people can take to do that. All that more coming up when we come back right after a quick word from our sponsors. If you are an Orange County CEO or a business owner, this message is for you. Do you ever feel isolated with no place to turn for advice or feedback? Who holds you accountable to your commitments in your company? Where do you find the right resources to help you and your company grow? If you have had these questions, then Critical Mass for Business might be the answer for you. Critical Mass for Business is committed to helping you make better decisions through the power of peer learning. These are groups of peers who are running businesses just like you. CEO Peer Groups provides a great sounding board to test fresh ideas and new concepts, review your strategic plans and tactical goals, and present issues and opportunities for a critical discussion. The result is improved strategy, accountability, and improved business results. If you are interested in learning more, go to www.criticalmassforbusiness.com and learn about our CEO Peer Groups. CEO Peer Groups is a registered trademark of Critical Mass for Business. Are you looking for your successor? Someone as dedicated and experienced in their field as you? Executives Unlimited delivers the top executive talent you need for your company's long-term success. 98% of our clients re-engage us for additional hires, and over 90% of the executives placed by us since 2007 are still in their positions or have been promoted. That's twice the industry's average retention rate. How do we do this? Dedication. Executives Unlimited believe success isn't success until it's long-term. Call us to invest in your long-term success. 562-627-3800 or visit us at executivesunlimited.com. Let our long-term success leverage yours.
Successfully navigating the changing world of public relations and digital marketing requires an experienced, tenacious, yet gracious team. In business for more than 20 years, Orange County-based and Company delivers big agency results with personalized service. For more information, call us at 714-536-8407 or visit us online at tnco.me. Okay, we're back again with uh, Lynn Taylor from Taylor Protocols. He teased us. He tempted us. He told us about his protocols here. Now we want to dive in a little bit deeper here. Remind us, because you've mentioned several times, and believe me, Rick talks about this a lot. I had forgotten all about Maslow's hierarchy that I must have studied. I'm almost 60 now. I probably must have studied it 40 years ago, but it seems to come more and more in business. Is this is this been a revival in interest in those philosophies, or have I just missed it and forgot about it along the way here? Well, I think he's coming around, uh, uh, Paul, to uh, you know, to uh, more and more visibility again. But the reality is, he had he had this one focus that he, where he said that each of us has an innate, unchanging nature. Right. That by that nature, we're predisposed to want to make a certain kind of contribution in a certain way. And uh, he wasn't right about everything, and and he was uh, kind of. Um, like like uh, you, you mentioned, the right seat on the bus, and you know you have this nature, but none of them knew what to do with this. So when I when I realized I was really poor at putting right people in right seats, and I wasn't succeeding at the level I wanted to in turnaround management, uh, I, I took that single concept that 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 we have this innate nature, and realized that that was the key to uh, engagement. It was a key to productivity. It was the key to alignment of, of skills and talents with this uh, this real uh, energy that I am as a human being that makes me feel meaningful and purposeful with certain kinds of work. It just it seemed to be uh, the right thing to try to figure out, and since I had figured out really good things in, in uh, echocardiography and, and medical diagnostic imaging and later in speech recognition, I went to work to find the technology that would uh, uh, solve this problem of identifying, quantifying, and characterizing this innate, unchanging nature. Amazing. Now, you say innate and unchanging, Now, but Maslow talked about hierarchy of needs, too, and that as your needs change, didn't you, you sort of adjusted at one point you're just trying to survive, and then the other point you can get more altruistic because you've got your basic needs met. and So that would suggest that people do change, but you're saying that it's, an, it's, it's a non-changing innate well, thing? It's we, just we, so what I'm stamped uh, with at birth here? <laughs> We, we change our behavior patterns somewhat. We, we uh, adapt our personalities so that we show up different ways. But the part of us that he was talking about is this deep seat of consciousness that makes you different from me, and, and I'll always be who I am. If, you, if you've had uh, children, uh, you've yes. seen that uh, within a few weeks after coming out of the womb, uh, they were quite different from each other, even though raised, raised in the same family. Uh, and that, we learn, just uh, maintains. We know that it does because our uh, core value index uh, gets a 97.7% repeat score reliability, wow. meaning wow. if you take it again 10 years, 20 years later, uh, you get almost exactly the same score. All of the uh, behavioral instruments, uh, Myers-Briggs and DISC and Berkman and 3PF. And yep. All of those all we've of talked about on this show here, all, all different yeah. ways to measure personality so that you can right. decide if they are a fit for your culture, your organization, that position, all those things. 
Yes, and culture and organization position, all those things are interesting, but they don't cause higher productivity. So how many... um, Those instruments are only about 75% repeat score reliable. Really? So they cannot and should not be used in the hiring process. We actually impose our deduced um, screen of core value energies that we know now uh, are like the A players in in a given job. We put that at the front end. It's the only truly objective measure of a, a human being that is out there. Wow, that's and quite a statement. And we screen yeah. in future top performers out of 100 people. We've, we find the three to five people that are wired like your current A players, and, and because of that we have hit uh, the top performers almost every time. How many core performance well, – I want to make sure I use the term right – core performance values? Is that what you said, or core personal? Core value energies. Core value energies. How many – Give me how many are there? Are, are there's an infinite well, there variety or a handful? Do we all fit into certain categories, or are there we all unique in that sense? We or, found that there are four uh, fundamental, and 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 we've also understood that there are some um, what we call catalytic values. There are ways we look through uh, through eyes uh, to see is this a good place for one core value versus the other. We actually shift from one of the energies to another based upon the circumstances. Hmm. And each of us has a different amount or a capacity for these different core value energies. That's what makes you different from me. I got a little and, more of this uh, one, and you got a little more of that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they combine, um, they combine into uh, creative versus practical contribution, uh, intuitive versus cognitive, and uh, community versus independent contribution. And uh, if you just think about those things, Paul, as, as a as simple way of saying right person and right seat, you can think about any job and see that that's a more practical than creative or more creative than practical. That's more community-oriented versus more independent work. Uh, it's very easy to see that these, uh, these core energies um, combined together in different ways uh, cause this uh, very, very easy-to-see kind of uh, right fit for, the, for mm-hmm. the actual work of the job. Do people themselves know this and, and this may sound like a silly question you think well you know yourself i know i'm creative or i know i work best in teams or i know i work best in an environment but i don't know that i really believe that personally because i've seen people come in and apply for jobs and later on you say why did you even think of applying for that uh, it, that's not you what did, why did you think you could be an independent thinker when you that's just not it's so obviously not you and then they look at you like what do you mean it's not me <laughs> Well, part part of that's what we talked about earlier, which is the uh, the carryover from the the age of you can do anything you want if you just yeah, mind to it. Right. And the other part of it is that adaptive personality, where where people have a mythology about uh, you know who they are, because that's what they've sold uh, you know their parents and then siblings and then teachers and, right. and bosses. I, I can do this and I will do it if you tell me I'll do it. I'll do it. The industrial age, uh, Paul, is has been beating into us the concept that we any one of us have skills and talents and capabilities to do just about any job. Right. So the reason we don't do it is bad attitude. It's because we're not intelligent We're enough. just cogs in a wheel, and they, we're all the same cog. You just yeah. pull one out and put in another there. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, it's just, that it's just not true. Uh, yes, I can do just about any job out there, but I don't want to. <laughs> right. And then that will reflect on how well you do it. Yeah. It's exactly right. It, it doesn't matter. How, Maslow, I mean, um, Dr. David Mashburn up here in the Seattle area, 
says that any any person can fake it for three weeks to six months, but after that you kind of let down and then you lose uh, focus and disengage in the work, start making mistakes, and start uh, becoming a C performer. Right. Um, just what happens to most So people. you're trying to identify. Now, when you say the characteristics of an A performer, that must be different for every kind of position, right? The characteristics exactly. of a CEO A performer are different than a factory worker uh, A yes. performer. Absolutely, and even even the CEO in one company is different from the CEO in another another company, and the, and the uh, characteristic we need in, in the CEO who is taking the the place of an outgoing CEO needs to be different because what they need to contribute status of the company, where it's going, where the changes are, what it's facing are different. So it needs a completely different kind of CEO in that place. We're able to identify those things. So how do you go in and tell Go ahead. I was going to say, so I've got a company, and maybe we're on the same path, or maybe we are, as you're suggesting, changing. We're in a changing world, changing situation. We're not going to do more overseas, and we never did that before, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. How do you, how do you know? How do you you can measure their core energy? You can measure you can measure who the individual is, but how do I know then what characteristics I need for that job at that moment? Sure. Well, when when I had the world's uh, uh, highest repeat score reliable instrument, I thought I had a solution, and I didn't. I realized that most uh, people, most companies, are really really bad at, at developing a, a very realistic job uh, design or job description. I'll bet, right? Uh, they don't know what they need. We had to do that. Yeah, so we, we were able to do that in a one hour time. Four or five people from the company, uh, carefully chosen uh, by us and the company, uh, we lead them through a process that looks at the primary contribution of the job justifies the existence in terms of the nature of the contribution and the return on investment that will be created by that uh, contribution. Then a prioritization of the responsibilities and and assignments that cause the contribution to be realized. And then down to the actual tasks. What tasks does this person have to do all day long, the most often, the highest percentage of their day, aligned with what tasks to create what responsibilities to make that contribution. And at the end of that, uh, we um, now can um, uh, assign metrics of performance uh, related to all those tasks and, and be able to, to uh, clearly identify uh, A and B and C and D performers. Amazing. Or in a position that is one-off or a, a high leadership like we're talking about, we, we actually have people take the core value index. Now they say what is, what is the, the nature in this box that, that is most important if the, if the person is going to perform in this job we just described. And uh, we use that then as the filter to, to find a person who is wired exactly like we believe they need to be wired. Amazing. All right. Well, stick with us, folks, because we're going to delve even deeper into this and try and see if we can understand it and how it applies to your business right after a word from a few more sponsors. So stick with us. Richard Franzi is the author of two popular business books for CEOs. His first book, Critical Mass, The Ten Explosive Powers of CEO Peer Groups, was the first book ever written on the secret value of CEO peer groups. His second book, now with newly updated information, is Critical Mass, The Power of CEO Guiding Principles. Richard's books contain powerful information to help CEOs running middle market companies gain valuable insight to improve their decision-making skills. Richard's books are available as paperbacks or Kindle versions from Amazon.com. To find them, type Richard Franzi in the search box. 
Are you ready to tap into the power of social media to promote your business? It's easy to get social with Turn Up the Volume, the award-winning social media marketing professionals who know how to get results. Drive web traffic, boost sales, get social today. Visit www.turnupthevolume.com. That's turnupthevolume.com. Wow. Marketing predictions are out for 2015, and marketing success is changing. Did you know that Google is now actively tracking your business and personal brand and online reputation? Online and offline marketing has changed. Google is driving more than 85% of your traffic. And if your brand is inconsistent or has poor mobile usability, your rankings and traffic can suffer in 2015. To learn how your business is currently viewed and what can be done to improve your brand's visibility and authority, contact SunUp Group for a free marketing analysis. It could be a business game changer. Visit www.sunupgroup.com today or call 877-609-3840, extension 700. Well, I'll tell you, it's not just marketing that's changed. According to our guest here, uh, Lynn Taylor of Taylor uh, Protocols, it's measuring people that's changed. You've come up with a revolutionary breakthrough in how to measure people and, and put the right people in the right seat, as we keep saying, right? Absolutely. Would you like to hear a, a couple of war stories? I would love to. We're we're a sto- we love stories here. So give us some good stories. <laughs> well, these these are actual clients. We've we've uh, we've been in now over over uh, uh, seven hundred companies as clients. More than seventeen hundred top performer profiles. Those are the uh, the the core value um, uh, profiles of uh, of the right energy and the right seat. A a, um, a flatbed trucking company uh, uh, in residential. Um, uh, construction, uh, materials and supplies and equipment uh, was uh, 75% per quarter turnover of their of their truck drivers. Oh my goodness! Wow. Um, How do you stay in business with that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it was tough, and, and the trucking industry is full of that. Uh, 65% of the wheels were on the road, and and that meant 35% were not on the road because of of the. Uh, Mechanics uh, and their processes. The the salespeople were averaging about thirty thousand a month of, of orders, and uh, the company was losing money, and the owners about ready to uh, go out of business. And um, we uh, in a, in a couldn't find of, truckers, uh, couldn't find mechanics, couldn't find salespeople. Nobody was functioning in that organization. Here. Bingity bingity, it was all of that. Uh, we did a top performer profile for three different kinds of truckers: short haul, long haul, and mid range, from Seattle down to California and back. Right. Uh, we did uh, uh, profiles for the sales seat and for the dispatchers and for the accounting group and for the mechanics. And the long and short of it is uh, w- that company has a 400% growth in, in the last five years. Wow. Wow. Uh, from that turnover of 75% per quarter of the drivers to 20% per year. and uh, 75% qu- quarter to 25% a year. That's pretty dramatic, yeah. Yes, absolutely. And uh, the salespeople went from 30000 a month to averaging over $100,000 of orders uh, written up per month wow. per rep, uh, which is uh, uh, three to five times the industry average kind of productivity. So you're not talking Another just company. about a computer system that made everything more efficient or better training or more motivation or whatever. You're talking about really something, even a real core 
thing, a core value, a core uh, core performance measurement tool here? Hiring people with the right essential human energy that if you put them in a seat where that energy is what is needed all day long, they outperform people naturally, uh, and uh, they, they, you couldn't get them out there with a nuclear bomb. They Amazing. love it. It's, it's a place where they live and, and feel meaningful and purposeful. And Thrive and grow. All right, give us another story. I know you got more of them. You're anxious to tell, uh, and I love yeah, them. Yeah, uh, Pasquare Paneling, a 110-year-old business. Uh, they, they built truck floorboards out of, out of uh, press wood and plywood and drilled holes in it and sanded it and painted it and varnished it and all, all those things. Lowest lowest end product um, uh, value uh, uh, improvement uh, manufacturing company three hundred and seventy five people in in uh, two plants three shifts uh, we we took that company with sixteen uh, percent gross margins meaning that's uh, after the cost of materials and the cost of labor right. Uh, we took them to 46 percent uh, uh, gross margin. Wow! We took them from 47 uh, percent cost of labor to 19 percent oh, cost of labor. Uh, we and I would just say that's probably huge because in a in a something like that, maybe I'm wrong, but that sounds like something that would be ripe to go to China or whatever the, to make floorboards for trucks or something. Uh, absolutely, it was it was uh, it was one of those industries. The only reason it was here is because the 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 wood that they used was so heavy; it was hard, hard to move around. It's the only reason it was still here in the U.S. But we turned them into um, a, a company that made more money in the two years we were with them than they had made in their entire 110 years. Amazing. So, uh, so what do people say to you after that experience? I mean, I obviously thank you or whatever, but did they, uh, and they obviously hired you because they believed in you. They obviously hired you because they had a problem, and they were willing to try something new and different. And then when they see that kind of results, what, what kind of feedback do you get? Well, there, there are two uh, primary ones, and, and that is that the, the major people, the leaders, the ones that really get it, well, just say that this is more fun. We're having more fun than we've ever had before in our in our work. It, it is um, more rewarding. We're bringing people to life. We're we're uh, energizing them. We're we're giving them a chance to make a contribution. I can see that, right? Uh, you're 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 doing what we all dream of, which is creating passionate yeah. people, passionate workers, yeah. or passionate yeah. participants, team members. And whatever guess you want what? Think. What? <laughs> we've proven that the only really way uh, to optimize a business, the only real way to optimize a business, is to put a person in a right seat doing the right work, and they will outperform uh, uh, other people. That's why the Wilfredo Pareto exists, that 20% of people do 80% of the value yeah. because the A players produce three to five times what the C and D performers produce. So we're carrying so all this dead weight. A handful of people. Players. We've learned how to do that. A handful of people are performing, as we all know, this 80-20 principle seems to apply to so many things in life. 80% of the people don't contribute. 20% of the people seem to contribute more, and if we could only find more of them, everything would be easier and better here. Absolutely. Uh, Balmer up here in, in Microsoft, yeah. one of the world's premier uh, corporations, when he left, he said um, uh, the uh, 90 95% of all the value of Microsoft was produced by 7% of the, what? Of the population. What? 7%. <laughs> Wow. And see, we've proven that that's true, and and it, with that, they were still uh, one of the most profitable companies in the world. But but uh, look what they could have done if they just only hired the seven percent. Wasn't it? Uh, <laughs> I forgot his first name, but Wanamaker, the guy from Woolworths or whatever, who said half of my advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. It's kind of the same yeah. idea. I know half of my people are wasted. I just don't know which half here. 
Well, we know how to do that now. That's that's what we're bringing to the world. It's, it truly is revolutionary. This is like bringing fire to the natives. I mean, you must be, you know, people are looking at you. What kind of reactions do you get when you walk in? Disbelief or heard this before or can't wait to try it? What well, what do they say? There are a lot of assessments out there. And, and yes, basically right. the whole market got used to using assessments and then started saying, well, it hasn't really helped us a lot. You mentioned some uh, of Myers-Briggs and all these others. And, yeah, right. Yeah, there's a skepticism. But um, when we show them the core value index, it only takes 10 minutes to take. It, it's, it's, it's really counterintuitive. How could something so simple be so rich? But that really is the secret. It's the highest wisdom is not complexity. It's, it's a reduction to, to simplicity. And uh, so it, it is this understanding that we're made up of these essential energies that make up our seat of consciousness. And we have learned how to put right people in the right seat on the bus. Not just that it's important, but how do you do it consistently in any kind of job, in any kind of industry? That's what we've solved, and that's what we're bringing to the world now. Fascinating. All right, so we're um, uh, you're centered up in the Northwest. Do you do yes, this? Yes, and, and um, if anybody wants to experience this, they can get on TaylorProtocols.com. All right, well, uh, so TaylorProtocols. Spell it out because it's T A Y L O R, right? Yes, and then protocols, uh, three, three O's and an S at the end, tatorprotocols.com. And there's a, a upper right uh, a blue button that says uh, take the uh, free CBI now, and, and we, we give a, a free CBI away to anybody that lands there. And uh, you take that and get the, the first uh, simple feedback. That's not a comprehensive uh, uh, assessment, but, it, but it's, all the, it's exactly the same instrument. So you get a, you get a pretty good view of, of uh, your nature. And uh, you'll get an understanding of, of uh, how we do what we do and, and why it's so powerful. Do you find it, I guess I, this is a dumb question, but does it work different for a small business or a big business or a major corporation? I guess it's all the same. They all want to find people for the right positions here. Yes, it, it is the same, but, but the reality is um, the bigger the company, the more waste they have. Hmm. So the, the Wilfredo Pareto principle that 20% of people produce 80% of the value, you just heard about Microsoft. If you take Merrill Lynch, you take uh, Citibank, you take uh, Alcoa Aluminum, uh, AT&T, we did projects for all of those companies, and uh, they typically, uh, uh, in, in the larger positions, uh, it would be the top 5 or 7 or 12% that would produce 90% of the, of the value, which means that the other group produced only 5 or 10% of the value. That's 80 or 90% of the population was producing a very small uh, amount more than, than those A players. So um, that's the power of this, that uh, we, we are bringing a, a what we call a better work-life revolution. It's, it's two-faced, which has put every person in the right seat where they really feel like they're, they're, they're meaningful and purposeful making their contribution. And if you put people there, they produce three to five times better than other people. So you increase your profitability beyond what most people believe is achievable in their own business and their own industry. But first you have to know what... Over 200 companies. First you have to know, though, yourself, what kind of personality you need, what kind of core values will will benefit you in each position, though, right? I mean, you, you first have to identify, I need this, and then you find a way to to deliver that. Yeah, that's sense. what our technology does. It, it, it gets the job description. It changes the hiring process. We, we send out free CVIs to incoming candidates, compare them against the, uh, the proven uh, uh, A and B player uh, uh, core value profile. 
uh, invite only those people who pass that screen in for uh, interviewing so we don't fall in love with wrong people. Uh, and yes. then um, uh, trust that judgment and hire people with the best resume, with that best core value. And uh, we, we almost always hit an A and B player. We, we've learned, we've proven that we can double and triple the number of A and B players in any company, in any position, within a year's time. If the Wilfredo Pareto principle is real, which means that 20% of the people produce 80% of the value, right. if you double the 20%, you now have 40%, and they're producing 160% of what was done with the full team before you, you uh, doubled those A and B players. Makes sense. Now, what about this uh, notion of cross-training and everybody's particularly in a smaller company, everybody's going to know how to do this, and I know you got hired to do this, but we may need you to pitch in and do this and this and this and all this stuff that doesn't seem to mesh with this. And you're, then you're hiring them for one job, but you're forcing them to do something else. Yeah, and in small businesses, you have to do some of that. It's not a panacea or because in bigger companies, you get more standardization. It's easier to see efficiencies in a, in a, a thousand-person team and, and, and see that, that you could you know, have everybody working the same way and doing the job the right way, and you're going to, you're going to benefit from that. But in, in the smaller businesses, the reality is uh, smaller businesses cannot afford that kind of waste. That's what we hear over and over again. You be more productive. Yes. So cross training and other things is still part of it, but uh, it's not a panacea. We, we we need to have people spending seventy or eighty percent of their day being the person that they are, doing the work that they're <laughs> not the person you want them to be. Right. Yeah, not the person you want them to be. The person they are. All right, folks, you heard it here first. Be the people you are. We're going to come back and uh, talk for about another uh, 10 minutes here and then talk some more about uh, this principle. But first, we've got to pay some bills here. So stick with us, and we'll be right back for the final segment. You're listening to Critical Mass for Business, the radio show. Imagine what it would feel like to lose everything. Your job, your home, your family, your dignity. This has happened to thousands of the men, women, veterans, and young adults we serve at Working Wardrobes. What do we do to help? We provide career development services, life skills workshops, job skills training. We provide the perfect interview outfit, and we get clients placed in jobs. Call Working Wardrobes, 714-210-2460. Donate, volunteer, invest, hire. UPS Protection has been protecting systems in the U.S. against brownouts, blackouts, and poor quality power for over 25 years. We provide power protection systems, including UPS, lighting inverters, generators, and service for clients from coast to coast. We specialize in solving all your power needs. As a direct reseller of the best brands in the industry, including Liebert, Powerware, and APC, we can solve all your power protection needs. Protecting your power is our main goal. We offer on-site or depot repair of our critical equipment. To better serve your budget constraints, UPS Protection also offers both reconditioned and new products. SNH Rubber is a manufacturing company in Fullerton, California. We specialize in custom molded, extruded, and stamped rubber parts. If your next job requires a rubber part, we would appreciate the opportunity to quote on it. We serve aerospace, automotive, and many other industries. We work with many types of rubber, including silicone, EPDM, neoprene, uninitrile, and Viton. 
Our quality system is ISO and AS9100 approved. Over our 47 years in business, the S&H brand has become known for superior quality, quick turnaround, and competitive pricing. Please check out our website at www.shrubber.com or call 714-525-0277. Let S&H be your ceiling solution. Okay, we're back for the final segment here on today's fascinating, amazing, unbelievable almost uh, explanation of uh, what sounds like a pretty simple way to put the right people in the right seat. We're talking with uh, Lynn Taylor of uh, Taylor Protocols. And at this point in the show, we usually like to ask people a couple of questions about their own business. And that is specifically, what, what's your guiding principle? What keeps you going as you've built this firm? When times get tough, what's your true north? What, what do you find uh, keeps you going? Well, we're, uh, we're very excited about um, human transformation and doing it in one of the most difficult places to do it where the results are measurable, and that's in business. And so it is putting people in right seats, uh, not just for their profitability, uh, but uh, because it really brings people to life and makes their life meaningful and, and purposeful. But we've also learned that, that uh, by doing that, we cause companies to be three to five times more profitable than usually uh, there, there is believed to be possible in their industry. Any any painful lessons you had in creating this business we always like to learn from the 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 flip side as well as the good side here that you must have had some resistance to this thing along the way i would think you're talking about something radically different than most companies are used to using here yeah we we have but um it it has not been just a a joy ride we've had lots of challenges but the, the biggest challenge has been really just getting in the door we don't once we're in the door and talking to some decision makers in a company the company can be one of the best performing companies in its industry when when they see what uh, we present to them and we do an roi based analysis of a few of their most important functional positions and show them what they have now and show them uh, how what we know that we can get them to and give them a few stories like i've, I've told here that uh, we almost always get a uh, request for a, a, a quote for uh, developing some top performer profiles and helping them hire. I'm ready to have uh, you come down and work in the radio station here. When can you get here? <laughs> I'll be right down. <laughs> okay. So what is Is that the biggest challenge you have facing your business today? Some people yeah. have, you know, we're limited by capital or we're limited by access to markets or we're limited by other sorts of things. Sounds like you're just limited by imagination and people opening their, their eyes to something different here. Yes, and exposure. I mean, it would, would help to have capital. So sure, it, right. You just blast the message out there. But the reality is... Uh, we just we just need to get in more more doors. Uh, we we have an organization now of over 400 what we call value added relationships. These are people that have become uh, experienced in using the core values index, and they introduce us to their clients. These are engineers, lean and six sigma, and hmm. and um, uh, co- coaches, business coaches, and sure, yeah, advisors, and 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 they all uh, bring us into the door. So we're growing. Well, we, we have over 620,000 people now taking the CBI, wow. and uh, just three years wow. ago it was 105,000 people, so it's really dramatically growing. And can I ask, I, I, I'm trying to picture how big your company is. Is, is this a, a, a bunch of people, hundreds of people, a handful of people? I, I don't know how many how big you are at this point. And 
we're, we're two hands full of people. Okay. Uh, with with a worldwide um, uh, VAR network now, and uh, I don't want to get big. The, the whole the point of this is is really selling technology. We we sell our system, our software, our, our technology on a per seat license type of thing, and enterprise uh, software uh, model. Mm-hmm. And uh, once we've de- developed... That's what we all dream of finding here. You know, you found the holy grail here. We want to find something that can, as they say, scale easily here, and lots of people that's can right. do this. And that's right. what we have. That's what we have. And, and um, so we, we do a little development and get them started, and, and then uh, they really just don't need us very much after that. Yeah. Um, do you continue to do research in this field? Do you feel like you've got it all? Is there refinements? Are there is there a skunk work somewhere up there that you're experimenting with new ideas and new theories or refining it even further here? Uh, yes, yes, and yes. We have, we have <laughs> okay. a subsidiary in, in uh, Amsterdam. We have um, a real hot spot up in Canada and another one in, in uh, Australia. We have uh, five master distributors now that are developing uh, our full set of, of uh, human development uh, uh, protocol software applications for uh, causing people to become um, more self-actualized as, as human beings. Right. We do uh, task-based analysis. And to go back to Maslow's term of self-actualization here and yes. To, to, yes. to rise to a higher uh, to, to rise to a higher plane here, a higher position on his hierarchy uh, chart. Yeah. Exactly right. To become a, a fully human, well, what I call a fully adult human being, instead of a, um, a an adapted uh, personality of a Homo sapien creature. <laughs> you know, um, we had a guest on a while ago, uh, and he was talking about this kind of. He was looking at more of a historical standpoint, and. When companies came into creation in the late 1800s, that nobody thought of a corporation before, a body, a corporate, a corpus, you know, a body of people working together under one entity. They and, and of course, then we had all the famous th- theories of time management and everything. And they tended to think of people as cogs in a wheel. They didn't think of them as individuals. They just thought of them as parts, and we just have to arrange them and line them up and move them. You know, an assembly line. Henry Ford's idea. Everything had to just move in, in like a machine. And then at some point in the '60s and '70s, we started to say, "Wait a minute, people are all different, and we need to recognize that." And we started to talk about human potential. And we started talking about HR, not just hiring people, but training training them and doing other things. And then somewhere along the way, I, am I wrong, but it seemed like that sort of died off a little bit here, and now it seems like it'd be coming back a little bit. We, we well, it fo- did die off. It was, it was kind of like a panacea, and it was, it was a, a, a golden fleece to go look for, but yeah. it, it lost the fundamental. The fundamental still has to be putting the right person in the right seat on the bus, and then you do training, and then you do a self-actualization. But the first thing you have to do is get a person where they belong so they can make a good contribution, and then they'll do anything they have to do in order to stay in that job and, and be a, a good contributor. Well, we talked to, uh, is it Tony Zappos from Zappos, uh, the famous online company, her shoes and other things. Yes. And if I'm not mistaken, their their approach is culture. The fit is the culture. You got to fit into the organization, not not just the job, but the whole company. And if they don't find a fit, they'll actually pay you to leave. They don't just fire you. They're like, you know, this isn't working. Let go do something <laughs> that's, else. And yeah, that's that's true. And, and there's some good to that. Uh, what we've learned is that the goal is not to have a you know a wonderful uh, homogenistic culture. 
the goal is not to make it fun to be at work like uh, Google and some others. Yeah, somebody. That seems to be the mantra. I went, honest to God, I went to a, a thing here, a Tech Host Venture Network, and there was some kid, and he's about to go public with this thing. I forgot the name of the company, but it's literally about to go public. He's like, looked like he's 12 or something, but he's probably in his 30s. And all he talked about, every question they asked him about how building company, just have fun, just have fun, just have fun. That's the only answer to everything. And I thought, it's got to be more complex than that. Now, real real work is, is not always fun. It's, it's uh, always challenging. It's always... It can um, be fulfilling, uh, but it doesn't always have to yeah. be fun, yeah. No, it's it's uh, it's it's energizing, but but uh, part of the energy is is being really required to step up and and show your stuff and measure up. And, right, rise and, to the uh, challenge, as my right. grandmother used to yeah. say. Yeah. yeah, that's what it's all about. We well, uh, we took a boat manufacturing company here in the Northwest, seven million in sales, losing a million dollars a year building custom manufactured boats, beautiful gems of the ocean, mm-hmm. but they couldn't make any money doing it. Now, this was about four and a half years ago. They're now a $115 million business. <laughs> wow. And uh, they have a little over 115 people. They're making almost a million dollars a year of revenue in a boat building company. I was going to say boat building's got to be one of those hard to, it's one of those uh, old businesses that's hard to make money at anymore here. It's labor intensive. Right. If, if they do 3% profit, they're doing well. And, and usually it's 150 to 160000 a year uh, per person. And that's for pretty high-priced engineers and welders, and, you know, these are expensive people. Right. Uh, these people are doing almost a million dollars of productivity per person per year, 18% pre-tax profit in the boat-building industry. Well, I think back that's to we the 90s. I, it seems like yesterday to me, but the go-go 90s here, and you had uh, the Fed chairman, Alan Greenspan, and others saying, which led to this irrational exuberance, as they ended up calling it. But this idea that maybe technology was the answer to everything, and that's how you get incredible productivity gains in companies. We're just going to have less people, and we're all going to do it with computers and robotics and everything else here, and the sky's the limit. And, of course, we hit the limit, and it came crashing down. It, they, were, they were ignoring the people part of it altogether here. That's exactly right. We spend $60 billion a year in training. We spend $3 trillion a year in business optimization and optimization, huh. and we gain about 1.5% per year increased in human productivity. So let's go back to the real core problem here, which is people, people, people always, yeah. Yeah, it, it is. And, and uh, just like you said, it's a, a corporation is a group of people gathered together in a common cause, a common mission. And if we put people in the right seats, they will outproduce anybody who's uh, in wrong seats. And Gallup says that, Eighty percent or more of the people are in wrong seats, and we do a show here on the network, uh, an HR show. Last week we talked to the HR director for Sears and for Lockheed Martin, and other. They do a variety of amazing people, and the, the theme that keeps coming out of it is not just big companies, but small to mid-sized companies. The cost of putting the wrong person in the seat is potentially. It's not just a lot of money. It can be deadly if you're a small organization. You may not recover from putting that wrong person in the wrong It very much is. It isn't just increased productivity. They can kill you. Yeah. Paul, you asked about uh, our our heart, and and, uh, you think about what we're up to. The United States, when I was in in school, I'm 66 now. When Mm -hmm. I was in school, I wrote a a paper. We're of the same era here, right? Yeah, Yeah. about the United States was producing 75% of the world's goods. And now... Uh, and by the way, we had a trade um, a, a positive, a trade surplus. Oh, sure. Days. We shipped everything to the world and bought very little back. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now we are consuming 
uh, in the neighborhood of uh, 75% of the world's goods. And most of that is luxury items. And we have a uh, $60 billion per month trade deficit. So if you, if you take the Wilfredo Prado principle and things we've proven we can do in manufacturing and, and productivity, uh, we can take the cost of a person who's getting paid good dollars, $20, $25, $35 an hour, by increasing their productivity by a factor of two to three times, uh, suddenly they're, they're producing at the level of, of a, uh, a third world country, uh, and uh, we can compete in the world market again, and, and we can move right back into leadership and, and have a trade uh, surplus. Boy, and that's, that's, that's the bigger issue we've been trying to face as a society for a while. Can we be a country if we don't make anything anymore? We have to do this. We have to quit being the, the banker of the world and the and luxury the, consumer of the world. Yes, and right. The, the American middle class has been eroded terribly. Uh, we need to be um, um, shown how to be more productive, which this does, and, and enjoy it more and, and be more committed to it. And in doing that, we the value of the middle class will increase exponentially. We'll be able to sell more to the world's goods, and uh, the middle class will, will reassert. We've almost lost uh, our middle class standing in, in the no world. No question about it, because we've lost a lot of the manufacturing that provided that income, because yeah. we now see those people as, as a cost and not a uh, profit center. It's, it's costing us to pay uh, uh, high-skilled workers here, so we'll pay low-skilled workers somewhere else to do what we think is the same thing with a few robots here. That's exactly right, and it, it, uh, it, it, we, we can turn that around, and that, that's, that's what my mission is. I'm with you. Let's do it. All right, we're just going to start here today on Critical Master Business. Thank you so much. Tell people how they can get in touch with you. Uh, uh, Paul, appreciate that. You, you've been a, a wonderful host, by the way. Uh, I think that's well, that's fascinating. Uh, it's, it's hard. It's hard not to be engaged with the stuff you're talking about here. So tell people how Taylor to get protocols in touch. At, uh, protocols at uh, com and take the free uh, core values index. Uh, we're up in Seattle, Washington, and I'm Lynn Taylor, and my staff will take good care of you and, and give you more CBIs you can call and ask for them. Okay. Well, we hope to hear lots more of you. I hope you'll come back from time to time and give us some update of how this principle is being adopted you know i can only think of was it uh deming the great uh, guy yes. who went yes. was rejected in this country and he had to go to japan and they embraced him and they came back and kicked our butts with an american's idea of how to change the manufacturing process here maybe I'm you're going to change japan. this i'm i'm going to stay here and fight it out good all right don't <laughs> let him don't let him kick you don't let him force you to china or someplace i'd i'd hate to hear that next year in china doing this and that their productivity is increasing and we're going down here so Stick with us. All right. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you, folks, for tuning in today and uh, bearing with me here. Rick would have had a field day with this. This is right up his alley. He definitely knows. He did a great job. I'll I'll tell him he needs to be worried about his (laughs) (laughs) Well, he's pretty darn good at this thing here, but uh, thank you for that. All right. Thanks. Thanks so much. You bet, Paul. Take care. All right. Well, um, and again, if you want to hear more, go to criticalmassforbusiness.com. You can learn about uh, Rick's practice uh, with CEO peer groups, and you can uh, obviously hear all of the old uh, past shows like this one, some fascinating stuff. You really are uh, can learn from the experiences of others. There's an awful lot of good stuff going on out there that uh, just isn't getting the coverage it should, like this Taylor Protocols here. So. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi. 